Hello, and welcome to the 12th episode of the LI Law Podcast. I'm your host, Zahava Schechter. The premise of this podcast is to feature issues, developments, and topics affecting the law, and how it relates to the 8 million of us who live or work on Long Island, New York, which includes Nassau, Suffolk, Queens, and Kings Counties. If you live or work on Long Island, this podcast on local and state legislative and judicial decisions is for you. Our guest on this episode is Rabbi Susan El Kodsi, who serves as a spiritual leader of the Malvern Jewish Center since August 2015. Rabbi El Kodsi will speak with us about how the recent New York State, New York City, Nassau County, and Suffolk County's bans on plastic bags and styrofoam reflect Jewish values whether there is a moral obligation for businesses to serve the general public regardless of religious or ethical bias, and how security measures have changed in religious institutional settings as a result of increased gun violence. Please check out the show notes for a full description of Rabbi el credentials and contact information. Also, please keep in mind that we will not be providing legal advice or spiritual advice to any specific questions. Rabbi el welcome to the podcast. Thank you for having me. It's so, a pleasure. Great. So let's start with the issue of the plastic bag and styrofoam bans on Long Island, as well as New York City. How do these bans comport with Jewish values? They fit so beautifully. We are told not to waste, not to destroy, to care for our planet. And we have a concept called Bal Tashchit which literally means do not destroy or do not waste. And it comes from the book of Deuteronomy, where we're told by God that even in a time of war, we're not allowed to cut down a fruit tree. Are the trees of the forest like a person that they can run away from an advancing army? So this extends to sustainability. It extends to how we treat the earth that belongs to God. The idea of the Shemitah year, that every seventh year, the land has to rest. And we don't sow, we don't reap, we are allowed to eat what comes up naturally. But again, it's a reminder that the land does not belong to us, it belongs to God, we are here to take care of it. And there's also a midrash, a rabbinic legend that discusses God's charge to Adam, the first person, that he take care of the land. And the midrash says that God said to Adam, You need to take care of the land because if you destroy it, there will be no one after you to fix it. Well, do you think that these bans are an outgrowth of the plastic straw conundrum and the negative publicity stemming from the photographs of fish and other sea mammals who ingested the straws? Maybe, but I can also remember being in junior high school and joining the environment club, and we were even refusing to use paper straws. They hadn't invented plastic straws yet. It had to do with waste. We started recycling. We started looking at, let's just use one paper grocery bag instead of double bagging everything because we wanted to save the planet. It's kind of scary that all these years later, and I won't say how many, we are still looking at the same issues. We've made a lot of strides, but we also have not done as much as we can. I think the fact that microplastics and plastic bags are turning up in fish that they are getting caught on them. We have the whole thing with the six-pack rings that the fish get caught in. That all is contributing to this. 
Okay, well, let's talk a bit about recycling since you brought it up. My sanitation district, number six, I don't know if that's yours as well, picks up recycling Tuesday mornings once a week. However, I read and hear on the news that China, the primary importer of our recycled materials, is rejecting our further exports and that recycled matter, more often than not, ends up in our garbage landfills. How do we move forward with recycling on Long Island when it seems that our efforts to do so are not always fruitful? That's a good question. And when we brought in the movie Bag It a couple of weeks ago and had the executive director of All Our Energy speak about this issue, Malvern only recycles plastics with a number one or a number two. And I came from Connecticut where we had single stream recycling. Anything that had a number or looked like it might have a number went into the recycling. I think that the sad reality is we do not have the capability to do the kind of recycling that would take enough things out of the garbage stream. Certainly there are blue jeans and I think it's the Polar Tech or one of the fleece fabrics that are made from recycled soda bottles and things like that. Glass is a different story. To me, a lot of it is reducing consumption as opposed to buying and then saying, okay, we can go ahead and just recycle. I wonder sometimes if the recycling has more to do with making us feel better about what we're using and throwing out than is actually happening. You know, I hadn't thought of it that way, but I think you're right. I think it does help to justify somehow the use of these one-time plastic items. So a good that's a good segue for the next question. Do you think that this movement will expand to include other plastic single-use items, including plates, silverware cups, and is that realistic in this very fast-paced world? I think that Nassau County's ban on styrofoam is a start because styrofoam never breaks down. And until we come up with one that will biodegrade or is compostable in a home composting situation. Not having styrofoam, I think, makes a lot of sense. However, we live in a society where we're moving quickly. We don't want to necessarily wash dishes after Thanksgiving dinner. I'm guilty. I have a dishwasher, but it's a heck of a lot easier to go and buy the inexpensive plastic plates that look really nice and then toss them which kills me. I do try to wash some of them and keep them. But we live in a consumer society, unlike people in many other parts of the world. And what really is required is a move to reduce our consumption. And that was the subject a couple of years ago of a discussion about Shemitah, because the law applies to the land of Israel. Here in the United States, we don't have to let our fields lie fallow, but people looked at how can we outside of the land of Israel and who are not farmers, observe a Shemitah year. One person vowed to not buy anything new. Another person, if she needed something, she would look into renting or borrowing. So the idea reduce, reuse, recycle is a very Jewish thing. We don't like the idea of the idea of conspicuous consumption. Even back in the 15 and 1600s, the rabbis were trying to put limits on how much money people could spend for a wedding celebration or a bar mitzvah celebration, partly to level the playing field because not everybody had 
the same amount of money, but also because they felt it was wasteful. So it's nothing new. Very interesting. Okay. Well, thank you. And let's move on to our next area of discussion, which involves whether there is a moral obligation for businesses to serve the general public regardless of religious or ethical bias. Recently, this has played out in Colorado in the case of a baker who refused to bake a wedding cake for a gay couple on religious grounds. Nearly half of Americans surveyed, 46%, said that owners of wedding-based businesses, including caterers, florists, and bakers, should be allowed to refuse to serve same-sex couples if doing so violates their religious beliefs. There are many issues to unpack here, but let's focus on religious and ethical grounds for refusing to provide services to a prospective customer. Do they exist, or is this just a case, in your opinion, of prejudice masquerading as religious fervor? Yes and yes. (laughs) Interestingly, when the Masterpiece Cake Shop case was pending in the Supreme Court, the Jewish Theological Seminary brought in a former U.S. Solicitor General to talk about this case and two others with respect to Jewish values. It was really eye-opening for me because part of my feeling is, no, it's never okay to discriminate for those reasons unless there is a valid reason. If I were to go into a Christian bookshop with my kippah on and try to buy certain, I don't know, clerical garb. I think they'd be well within their right to refuse me because I shouldn't be wearing it. Even so, it's not necessarily any of their business. I think that we have halakha, which is Jewish Jewish law, law, which talks about whether or not a business can refuse to sell to someone. And there are discussions about a business that, let's say, sells weapons, which probably is not a good thing to be doing. And if there are other shops in the area that are also providing and selling the same thing, then you're allowed to make money. You're allowed to sell. If you're the only one, then perhaps that might be different. And again, I'm not citing sources, and this should not be taken as me making any decisions. Consult your own rabbi. Or or religious leader. Right, or religious leader. I think this is problematic because... On one hand, I understand the right of every person to exercise his or her religious beliefs. On the other hand, we're talking about sellers of commercial products. So Mm -hmm. as an aside, as an attorney, I choose my clients. I do not have to accept anyone who requests my legal representation, nor do I have to provide a reason for my refusal to accept a client. So on one hand, why shouldn't a baker have the same decision-making ability that I have is the difference that I do not put myself out to the world with an open door, meaning I do not offer to sell my products to anyone who walks through my business premises. Do you think that the fact that this is a wedding-based issue, does that make a difference here? I don't think so. Because any business owner, whether they have a storefront or a private practice, has the right to choose who they're going to do business with. Just as an employer has a right to choose who they're going to hire. Now, we have laws in place for equal opportunity, and it gets to be very difficult. For example, I walk into a job interview and I'm visibly pregnant and I don't get the job. The employer is going to come up with a reason why they chose not to hire me. 
They're never going to say it's because you're going to start working and then you're going to go out on maternity leave and then your kid is going to get sick. There's always going to be another reason. The Masterpiece Cake Shop could have simply said, I'm sorry, we can't do it. And not given a reason, just said, we're too busy, we can't do it. So would that have been better than to be honest and show the reason for the refusal? Are we then saying it's better to, to lie and to hide behind a, a more generic response? Not necessarily. I think that in this case, the owner of the store felt very strongly that his wedding cakes are expressions of his artistry. And speaking as a rabbi, if I choose to not give, let's say, uh, an aliyah, an honor to the Torah, to someone who is not Jewish, or if I choose to not perform an interfaith wedding ceremony, or to not perform a same-sex wedding ceremony, nobody is going to take me to court. Now, I'm in a situation where I am not a member of any of the rabbinical associations other than the Association of Rabbis and Cantors, which is the professional organization of the Academy for Jewish Religion. So I can make my own decisions, and I can choose to perform same-sex weddings and interfaith marriages if I want to. But I have no problem as a rabbi saying, I'm sorry, I can't do this. So and would... I'm not sure how much different that is. It really brings up a lot of interesting discussions on both sides. So basically, Rabbi, you're saying you can decide whether to perform the marriage without fear of retribution from the overseeing organization mm. of which you are a member. Is that correct? That's correct. I have to struggle with the question myself. It's not like I'm a member of a rabbinical association that says... And it's been in the news, so I might as well just say it. The Rabbinical Assembly of the Conservative Movement does not allow its members to perform interfaith wedding ceremonies. Interfaith being a member of the Jewish community marrying a member, a member who is not Jewish. Exactly. And you risk the possibility that you will be asked to resign or at least be censured if you do that. There are rabbis who have left the association because they feel very strongly that they should be performing these wedding ceremonies. So we've gotten off the subject a yes. bit, but while we're here, I just <laughs> want to ask you, do you see a need on Long Island for rabbinic or clergy to perform these mixed marriage ceremonies? Do you see an increasing need? Do you see a constant need? How would you describe it? I see it as a reality in the Jewish community because we're 2% of the population nationwide. Now, granted, in this area, we have significantly more po Jewish population density than we might out in Wyoming or Idaho. But as we move on, the taboos seem to not be so taboo anymore. It's a really hard thing to struggle with. And I have not quite made up my mind. Luckily, I have not really been asked too often, so I don't worry about that. But the question is, how do we as a Jewish community show that we are inclusive, that we cherish every soul and work to 
create more cohesiveness and welcome people into our community if they truly want to be a part of it. To me, that's why I don't have any blanket thoughts on performing an interfaith wedding ceremony. This is a great place to stop at that positive note and say that Rabbi El Kotsi will be with us next week again to continue our very interesting conversation about Jewish law on Long Island, how it plays out, and please be sure to tune in for that. In the meanwhile, to our listeners, please be sure to download this podcast on iTunes, Stitchers, or wherever you get your podcasts. And while you are there, please rate us and let us know if you have other ideas for episodes for this podcast. How may we inspire you? That is our motto here at the LI Law Podcast. We are your source for local tips which educate and entertain. Thanks for listening.